0: Uh, Just to point out how terrible I am with names, I have known Clayton for many, many years and uh, just absolutely rejoice and delight in this guy because of his um, just excitement and zeal for the Lord. And um, yeah, he always asks me every time I see him when I come back, what's my name? And without fail, I tend to blow it. So I'm trying to say it as much as I can this week, trusting and believing that by God's grace, I will have it locked in. Um, how are you guys doing this morning good. good I've had a great morning I actually last night uh, some of the students here blessed me with an incredible meal at their home um, it's always good to have uh, sweet fellowship there was some singing going on and uh, and some really good food and I was just impressed there was probably a good dozen people over there last night and they were just like a machine when the food was served uh, all the men sat down at the table and ate while the women stood off on the side, which was a little awkward for me, but that is how it went down. And, uh, and then, like, no sooner did we finish eating than dessert came out, and the dessert was gone, and then, like, the kitchen was clean. Within, I, I, just the whole process was quite impressive, and uh, fellowship was sweet. I only wish we could have had more time. And then um, afterwards, my buddy Levi Martin and myself uh, drove down to his house in Terrigal. um, Which, every time I hear that, it just rhymes with terrible. Um, Even though it's one of the more beautiful places on the planet, in my humble opinion. And this morning, we woke up bright and early at 6, caught the sunrise over the ocean. Absolutely gorgeous. Uh, One of my more favorite things to do. And then went down to a cafe and had a great breakfast with some friends from the Central Coast Adventist School um, where some years ago I did a week of prayer, WOS week, week of spiritual emphasis, uh, which they have going on right now as well. Um, And my boy, Elliot Creever, who I haven't seen on this trip uh, down there serving and serving God um, well. And uh, just was able to connect with some of the teachers there and some good friends. So it's been a great morning. It's been an outstanding week uh, for me, just being able to sit and meet with you guys and talk and hang out a little bit um, and reason together and dialogue. I appreciate your emails. I am way behind on emails right now, uh, but I have a 14 and a half hour flight on Sunday, at which time I will have ample time to catch up on those things if my brain is still functioning, because I do get tend to get a little weary. And uh, honestly, that Sunday flight back tends to be almost like a bit of a celebration, because it's just, just sit back, relax, and chill. No one has any clue who in the world I am. They're not looking to talk to me, and I have noise-canceling earphones that I put on, which is the international sign of, Ish, don't want to talk to you. Um, I'm kind of joking, but uh, anyway... Hard to believe we're at Friday. It is the preparation day, and um, and so happy preparation day. Let's start that trend, hey? Happy preparation day. Yes, I can hear you. Happy preparation day. Very good. See the trends we start uh, here at Avondale College. Anything else, and then we'll boogie on. Um, yeah. I'm going to just say this. I don't know if she's here today, but the the word is I didn't see her last night. But the word is is that Carly was here, present with us last evening, which I find to be tremendously remarkable. Um, So I was a bit in in a bit of a rock and a hard place yesterday because I was told that she is not wanting visitors to rest uh, so she can rest and to not let people know. But she is out of the hospital and uh, she was here last evening, so I'm assuming is doing much better than people had anticipated at this point. So for that, we are deeply grateful. Uh, We're deeply grateful for the Word of God. So I invite you uh, to bow your heads with me. We're going to pray, dive into Scripture, picking up. um, Actually, we're going to pick up where we left off last night at the end of uh, Philippians chapter 3, and then uh, hit the ground running in chapter 4, verses 1 through 9 this morning. And then we will conclude the book tonight, uh, picking up with Galatians chapter 2 tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I'm just absolutely excited. We're going to look at that verse uh, today, which talks about in the Lord always. And again, I said rejoice as my brother uh, just let us in. And that does come from the Apostle Paul. So let us pray. Oh, hey, before we do, uh, you'll notice on the screen behind me in front of you, that is Wayne, Lil Wayne French's uh, uh, phone number up there. So if you care to text message him, um, we would encourage you to do that. The point is, is simply this. And again, put it to you this way. Let me just make this disclaimer. What we are doing is probably the, the worst way you would go about an altar call or to get appeals for Christ and decisions for Christ. It's much better to preach a passionate, mes- passionate message, talk about the cross, have somebody come out and play the violin, and, and then invite you to, de- to decide. Um, but what we're doing this week is, is simply the ball is in your court. We believe that God is always the initiator, so He initiates in, his, in your life. As God reveals His good and perfect will to you, as God starts demonstrating His love towards you, if you care to respond, if you have questions, comments, points of clarification, if you have prayer requests, please contact us. Our contact information is there. Uh, I don't want to say more importantly, but, but in addition to... If God is tugging on your heart and you sense, wow, there's I have a need here, I have something going on in my life that hasn't been filled, um and, and I'm desiring more of God, uh please take this opportunity to text Wayne. You can do this at any time, right now, later today, tomorrow, whenever. Text Wayne and tell him where your life's at. Uh or or email us or whatever whatever mechanism you choose to do, the ball is in your court. So Um, You've heard that phrase, before the ball is in your court? Okay, what that means to me is, is God always initiates. So if you are playing, using the tennis analogy, if you are playing tennis, God hits the ball over to your side of the court. Um, How does he do that? He does that through the spoken word. So this week, during this festival of faith, uh, by God's grace, you've heard the word declared, you've heard the gospel preached. And then the ball is now in your court to decide how am I going to respond to what it is that I've heard. So for those of you who have not been baptized and not made the decision to follow Jesus Christ, um, I would encourage you to just say, if you're confused on that, let Pastor Wayne know. Or He prefers to go by Wayne, which I do as well. I don't prefer to go by Wayne. I prefer to just call me Matthew. Um, But anyway... uh, um, uh, feel free and please take the initiative to respond. Does that make sense? Um, I hope a little bit. Uh, so if you have any questions, comments, points of clarification, if you want to get into a Bible study, if you're, if you're saying, I'm undecided, I still don't even know if God even exists, but I would like to dialogue this with somebody, let us know. So the ball is in your court. Uh, let us pray and then we'll dive in. Jesus thank you so much for this opportunity to be here at Avondale we thank you for this school again we thank you for the legacy of this school and the countless lives that have been touched and impacted and then trained and equipped and then sent out to to places all over this world for that we are grateful and we consider it a huge honor to be here at this time in earth's history Jesus i thank you so much for this festival of faith and as we celebrate our faith together and dive into scripture. We just pray once again that you would speak to us. We believe that these, these words have power, that they have meaning, that they have the ability to transform lives. So we are trusting today that you will continue to work miracles, that you will continue to move mountains in this place. So Jesus, may you be lifted up, and in so doing, draw everybody unto yourself is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Last night, if you were here, you will recall, uh, we left off in Philippians chapter 3 uh, and to the end of the, uh, end of the chapter there in verse 21. So I'm going to pick up in verse 19 and get us a running start because chapter 4 starts with the word, therefore. Um, and as my friend David Ashrick always says, whenever you see the word, therefore, you have to ask yourself, what is that, therefore? Uh, so... Uh, we want to figure out what that's there for. So in verse 19, getting a running start, the Bible says this again. Their end is destruction. So these are the people that, that are, uh, 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 the people that are, uh, um, sorry, enemies of the cross. Verse 19, uh, that was in verse 18. Verse 19, their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and they glory in their shame. What is their shame? Their shame is, is they're trumpeting things that are, not con- that are not in agreement and not in alignment with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is their shame. And they have minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship, church, our citizenship as followers of Jesus, as, as those who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, our citizenship is in where? In heaven. That's why, again, when Jesus said, uh, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So even though we don't feel like we're in heaven, even though we don't look like we're in heaven, our citizenship is in heaven, and we start experiencing eternal life here and now. Eternal life is not something Off in the distance, it begins today. Uh, When you accept Jesus, eternal life begins today. Our citizenship, again, verse 20, is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who, verse 21, will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. This power that the Bible talks about here is, is simply this, is that Jesus has defeated death and sin once and for all. Uh, you will note that, that in the end of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, all, all power and authority in heaven in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Jesus has defeated death and sin once and for all. He is uh, uh, all Powerful. Now, the beauty of Jesus is, a little bit of a side note here, is that he says, all power and authority has been given unto me. And then what does he do? Go therefore. So, in other words, what Jesus does is, is he takes his power and transforms, uh, transfers that power and that authority unto yourself. So that when you 're walking in the highways and byways of life, you have an authority, you have' an, a power, you have an assurance that you can walk in and stand with now look paul that we 're looking at, homie is in a jail cell, and by all intents and purpose, if you were looking at somebody in a jail cell, would you say to that person wow they 're filled with power?" Probably not, even though when paul wherever Paul goes, as we saw earlier on in the book of Philippians in chapter one. Because of Paul being in this jail cell, the jail people started to proclaim the word with boldness and power. Uh, So sometimes our circumstances of life don't look like we're filled with power. That doesn't mean that we don't have it. So Jesus has this power that enables him to subject all things to himself. It is from there that we go into verse 4. And a bit of a side note here, just a learning moment. Uh, for those of you who don't know, when the Bible was initially written, there were no verses, there were no chapters. Actually, uh, there wasn't even punctuation. Um, so, so scholars have come along, and it's made it very convenient for us so that we can all follow along in this group setting, and added the text, verses, and chapters, and everything else. So when Paul initially wrote this letter, he wasn't like, chapter 4, verse 1. It didn't go like that, it just kept flowing. So, this power that enables Jesus to subject all things to himself. Therefore, verse 1 of chapter 4, My brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in who? The Lord. Stand firm in the Lord. And again, I would just simply challenge you, if you are standing firm in anything other than Jesus, something is fundamentally wrong. If your foundation and support, your worldview is dictated by a list of things that you do or don't like, uh, uh, and it's not founded in Jesus, the Lord, I would simply submit something is fundamentally wrong, and you are off kilter, and, and I challenge you in my own life, I give you full permission to speak into my own life. I need accountability, I need brothers and sisters, I need the body of Christ uh, uh, to be su- supportive, and help me that my foundation is simply in Jesus Christ. Above all, end all, beginning of the day, middle of the day, end of the day, uh, may you stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Continuing on here in verse 2, uh, and this, we're going to actually hit on women's ordination, so some of y'all will love that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, verse 2. I entreat Eodia, and and again, just a couple names. You never want to name your offspring. If it becomes a temptation for you, just don't. Just remember this moment. Don't name your children these names. Eodia. It sounds like a medicine that's used for for an upset stomach. I entreat Eodia, and I entreat Syntike. Syntike. Like on your keyboard, there is one center key. And that's where we got your name, Syntyche. I entreat Eodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. What's he seeking? Unity. So I don't know exactly what was going on there, but obviously Paul heard from the jail cell that Iodia and Syntyche were arguing or bickering over something, and he's encouraging them to agree in the Lord. Verse 3. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these what? Women, come on, y'all, help these women. I just want to make sure you hear this. Who have labored what? Side by side. Oh, oh, side by side. Not, they haven't labored behind me. Uh, we've labored s- side by side. Side by side we stand. <laughs> awaiting. <laughs> um when you are side by side, there's a level of equality that is there. I just would simply submit that to you, or, or I don't want to. I don't want to read into this too much. But what have they labored with Paul side by side in the gospel? The gospel. So I don't know why, why it just baffles me why I, our church is fate, facing splitting and division. Where we ought to be unifying and whether you're a male or a female, a Jew, a Jew or Greek or a slave, we are all free in Christ. And Jesus doesn't value you any more or any less because of your gender. So we labor side by side with me in the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life and the book of life, you can read more about that in Revelation three five. Uh, but continuing on, verse four, and here we go. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I said, Rejoice! Come on, church, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I said, Rejoice! Rejo- rejoice, rejoice, again, rejoice! Come on, y'all! Yeah! Yeah! Good! All right! Never done that before, but it works so well here at Avondale. I'll just give Eddie a little bit of a heads up. You guys are prepped and ready. So rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Verse 5, let your, reasonable, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Again, this is scripturally based Jesus said, I'm going to go, I'm going to send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, who's going to abide in you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord is at hand. Jesus is alive and well today. How do we know that? Because he lives in me. Because I experience him internally inside of me. Do I have it all figured out? No. Do I see it at all times? No. Do I get in the way a lot of the times? Absolutely. But the Lord is at hand. And watch what happens here, church. And I love these verses. And I pray that these would be a blessing to you. Don't be anxious about anything. In our society today, there's a lot of anxiety that is provoked. Just in the very nature of our, our lives. Uh, driving here today, we saw the devastation of a terrible accident. It could be anxiety provoking. You guys are here at school. You have tests coming up and exams. This week, some of you went, went through uh, interviews, Monday and Tuesday. Anxiety provoking. What does Paul encourage us? Don't be anxious about anything. And, and you'll remember too here, and I'm going to just flip. Did I, did, I, did I? Oh, I did. Um, Matthew 6, verse 34. Jesus says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And just a little bit of a side note here, because this question came up when I was at Elmshaven, uh, uh, not to be confused, my sister in Christ this morning thought I was saying Ellen's Haven." It's not, not Ellen's Haven, Elmshaven, Elmshaven. Uh, the question came up and, and they said to me, what do I think, Matthew, what do you think about end time prophecy? And my simple answer is, is this, is that Jesus told me that I've got enough drama going on today, don't be anxious about tomorrow. Now, now, if you want to come up with theories and all this, that and the other, and throughout the history of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, throughout the history of Christendom, people have said and declared different things, and they said, look at this sign, look at that sign, and many signs and dates and thoughts and everything else and events when World War II was coming all all, Armageddon was here and everybody was running to the hills and believing that Jesus was coming again for me personally I try my best not to get wrapped up into conspiracy theory and I try to not worry about the drama of the end times that's just I'm just telling you my own personal conviction because Jesus said don't worry about tomorrow focus on today in other words be present with God You've got enough stuff going on and so many people, it's unfortunate, but so many people find themselves drilling down all about prophecy and that becomes their focus and in essence it becomes their God. And in some respects I'll go so far as to say it becomes a false idol and their teaching and their focus becomes all about prophecy and end time events and they lose sight of the present day. And, and even the Bible says, some people can fathom all mysteries and prophecies, but I never knew you. Jesus, ultimately, his goal is, is to know you, and, and and in so doing, he already knows you. The more important part is, is that you would actually come to know him. And the more you get to know him, the better you will understand yourself. The more you get to know Jesus, and the closer you get to him, the more you will become the man Uh, uh, that God has created you to be and the woman that God has designed you to be. So don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And this partially lends itself to Paul's declaration, pray without ceasing in our lives, and I'll tell you this, as the spirit of a God dwells in you and abides in you, I can promise you that you're gonna start having a prayer language that that will continue on and permeate throughout your day. What does that mean? It means that when you're walking the highways and byways of Avondale College, or you're going whatever it is that you're doing, is your prayer life, prayer life truncated to just being on your knees and, and in your prayer closet, no you will actually start learning to pray and you'll start interceding for people. You'll be in discussion and, and having a conversation with an individual and you'll start praying for that person or praying for a situation. Uh, maybe some of you found this to be happening in your interviews this last week where you're in the interview and you're praying while you're in the interview. Uh, but that's what Paul is getting at. In all things, uh, uh, be praying. Let your requests be known to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Church, one thing that's baffling to me, and I'll just step on, out on a limb and say this, it's baffling to me how much when you read Scripture, it talks about the peace of God, the grace of God, the joy of God. And yet when you get around Christians sometimes, you just you see all types of anxiety, you see all types of drama, you don't see any joy, you're not seeing happiness, you're seeing a lot of condemnation and this, that, and the other. And I just simply say when I read Scripture, I see that we should be people filled and children filled with peace. Filled with love. Our characteristic ought to be love. People ought to know us By our love, love for others and love for one another. So, this peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 8 and 9, and we close here today. Finally, brothers and sisters, and watch this now whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. May your mind, in other words, start to be consumed with things that are true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise. Um, By beholding, it has been said, you will become changed what do you behold in your life what is your focus in your life is your focus on yourself and on your performance are you consuming your brain uh with music that is that is uh destructive towards women uh that is encouraging that of violence when you watch programming, I, I'm not going to sa- try to sound like the freaky Adventist here. And by freaky, maybe I should have just used the word dog. Because some people told me they were offended when I used the word uh, freaky Adventist. I, maybe I sh- should have used the biblical term of dog. But, but that's a side story. Um, uh, cause it's just it's biblical. Um, but when I first came into the church, I would meet these Adventists and they all say... Uh, uh, and, and it's few and far between, but I've met Adventists that say, I have never had a TV. And this is like 17, 18 years ago when I first came into the church and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You don't, you grew up in a house where you did not have a TV. And I was like, you're strange. You know, I like it, to me. It just was the most baffling thing I could ever imagine. My wife and I don't have a TV. Uh... <laughs> In our house, the majority, there was a season of time where the TV crept in, like the Creeping Compromise crept in. It was the Satan. Satan just crept into the house. Um, uh, but we did get a TV because we were watching movies or watching shows or whatever on our laptop, and somebody had mercy on us and was like, please get a TV so you don't strain your eyes or whatever. Uh, um, but the point is, is in our life, we don't have a TV. And for any married couple, I would encourage you... Don't put the TV inside your bedroom. Uh, You men can thank me later. Um, But hear this now. Please hear this on a serious note. In our lives, we are so busy, we're so strung out. When you come up into your house, if you're falling into the rut and trap, which is easy in our human nature to get sidetracked, we get so busy and stressed out that all we want to do is sit on the couch and pluck on the TV. And it's a way that we, we dull ourselves to the pain. It's, it's really, it, it can become... And I'm not trying to be judgmental towards you. I'm not here to tell you that the TV is of the devil, even though it is. Uh, um, I'm not here to, to, like, convict you of sin, you know, that the television is wrong. Because it can be used for good, let's be honest. The reality is, for us, is that it is such a distraction. And, and if you're not careful, if I'm not careful... My mind is not being filled as I watch this stuff with things that are true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and worthy of praise. Like as you're watching a program, and again, some people will hear this and be like, gosh, he's sounding very, very self-righteous or very, uh, uh, um, uh, what's the word, uh, come again? Conservative, or he's sounding very legalistic. Um, I'm not saying that. I'm just simply saying I like to read the passage of Scripture and just telling you in my heart of hearts that oftentimes when I'm watching TV, I, I can't sit there and say what I'm seeing is worthy of praise. Now, there are a lot of times, because I do watch movies or I do watch documentaries or I do watch shows that are very uh, honorable and pure and just, and they're edifying to me, and it's that type of content that I want to be filled with, I just simply leave you with that filter or give you that caution. Start considering this stuff. Even right now in your life, maybe there's things that are happening in your life or things that you're doing that aren't true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, or worthy of praise. And what Paul is saying is think about, you know, think... On these things don't get sidetracked with the alternative and it will benefit you again what you behold what you focus is what you are and what you will become Uh, so I would encourage you to focus on Jesus may your may your mind and heart and soul be filled with the love of God and may your focus be on the love of God and not condemnation and wrath not judgmentalism and conservative you know or I don't know I don't want to say because y'all can I just make this statement As I said earlier, I see myself as a conservative preacher. Uh, By conservative, I mean I preach the Word of God, and biblically or theologically, I feel like I am a very conservative theological person. Methodologies, though, I feel like I'm out of the box. I wasn't always that way, but as I got to know Jesus, I realized this guy is completely out of the box. This guy is absolutely radical. And as I got to know Jesus, when it comes to methodologies, I feel free. I don't feel condemned. I don't feel constrained. I feel free and liberated. When it comes to the Word of God, I want to preach the Word of God. I want to live the Word of God and and see the Word of God transform my life, which it's already been doing, and I pray it continue to do. Uh, That's why, I mean, I don't know how many verses we've gone through this week, but you know if if people want to debate and everything else I just don't get it sometimes because I don't know what's what's to miss like I'm not sure and and that's why when people come along and then they say well Matthew was a big camp teaching this but then we're here now to 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 set you straight why don't you talk to me why don't we reason together Why do you undermine, in my opinion, what the foundation is that God already laid? And not to pull too much onto myself by any stretch, but you read the life of Paul and he was struggling with similar things. He would preach and teach, people would understand the gospel and accept it and move forward in faith, and then other teachers would come along that would undermine everything that they had already said. And so Paul, over and over again, is admonishing the church and encouraging the church, the gospel that you first heard, believe in it and accept it and move forward in faith. Verse 9, here he goes, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. The God of wrath, the God of condemnation. The God that you're just walking around terrified all the time is going to be with you? No, the God of peace. Do you have peace in your life? When you look at your relationship with Jesus Christ and God, are you walking in an atmosphere of peace? It breaks my heart because a lot of people that I come in contact with, and I know to say the phrase a lot of people is an overgeneralization, but there are so many people that I come in contact with that have no peace and no joy. And they've been taught some sort of relationship with God that is, not con- it, it, it is contrary to the teaching of Scripture. At the end of the day, and I've said it already this week, but at the end of the day, beginning of the day, middle of the day, whenever, Jesus is my end all. Um, and, and I wear, wear today this shirt called The One, uh, One Project uh, for those of you who attended it, I thank God that you had that opportunity. I've attended two in North America. I would encourage you to check out the One Project and listen to some of the things that are going on there, and the presentations are all online. But at the end of the day, the One Project was started and formed because there were some guys sitting around a table, actually in a hotel room in Denver, Colorado, and they, they started to realize, you know what the Seventh-day Adventist Church is all about? Two, two words. Jesus all the foundation of this denomination was birth because people were eagerly anticipating the second coming of Christ So in 1844 our church was birthed out of a great disappointment because they had messed up They had somehow believed that they could figure out the prophecy and William Miller had said, you know October 22 1844 Jesus is coming again great disappointment because everybody Sold their belongings and everything else, and they ended up in a mountain and standing out there. Um, on, on, and even though the Bible says and Jesus says, no one knows the day or the hour. And so, but the beauty is of our church and our foundation, and it, it was built centrally upon the desire for more of Jesus and the desire to see Jesus. And so I just pray today that as you move forward in this day, on this preparation day, that the God of peace will be with you richly. That the moment you see uh, 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 a a different character, a different characteristic or a different tendency in your life, you're filled with all this concern, all this woe, uh, uh, just these heady, heady things that, man, I'm I'm never going to measure up, I'm never going to add up. I pray that somehow, some way, God will reveal himself to you in such a way that you would walk with the God of peace, that you would know that the God of peace will never leave you nor forsake you. And again, and I'll close with this, at the beginning of this letter, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Avondale with all the overseers and the deacons, grace to you, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I just don't get it, church, when we walk contrary to grace and peace. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you again. I thank you, Jesus, for coming to this planet. I thank you for your teaching that when we've seen you, we've seen the Father. I thank you that when sinners were around you, which we see all the time throughout Scripture, sinners were not run away. They were not punched in the face. You didn't grab a flamethrower and just fry them up. But you loved them. You embraced them. You you, you stooped your life low on behalf of them. Sinners gravitated to you. Church people were threatened by you because you rocked the foundation of their core. You rocked legalism. You shook traditions. You broke down the pillars and emerged out of the rubble a beautiful, grace-oriented, peace-saturated picture of who God really is. Lord Jesus, my conviction is, is you are the clearest revelation of God. And so I pray today that we would not take you for granted. I pray today for those of us who who have a lot of baggage when it comes to theology, when it comes to our philosophy, I pray somehow, including myself here, that you would break that down because sometimes it seems too good to be true. And so forgive us, God, for the times that we have allowed our presuppositions to presuppose or or take precedence in our life over your life. Teach us to surrender more. Reveal yourself more to us. May you guide us to Scripture. May you guide us out in nature. May we meditate and contemplate the things that we see and how it is that you care Uh, uh, for the world, and for even the, the, the littlest things on the planet. Continue working your good and perfect will. We give you full permission. In Jesus' name, amen.